And if there's anybody that I know of, player, coach, teacher, student, or anybody that I've ever talked to about hitting, he knows, he knows more about my principles that I believe in hitting than anyone I've ever been with. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for believing in me. I'm Steve Ferroli. You are listening to the Ted Williams League Baseball Podcast. Days at the playground Right out in the street Baseball Hey, we got a great podcast for you today. We're down at the Mayflower Place in West Yarmouth with Coach Fred Brown and Bruce Atkinson. And my old friend way back, Charlie Bradford, is running the gear here. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the old Ted Williams camp and going back a ways. But boy, what a memorable place for myself. And um, Coach, when were you at the Ted Williams camp? Well, I started there in the summer of 1968 and um, left there in the summer of 1983. Uh, we, we moved to uh, Bridgewater, Massachusetts from California, and um, we bought a new home there in 1971. And uh, I said to my wife, I said, you know, it's going to be fun to come home at night and um have a quiet meal and, and uh, get away from the kids. She says, listen, I've followed you all over the, the college league. She says, it's my turn. <laughs> so we're not, uh, we're not coming home at night. We'll come home one day during the weekend and mow the lawn and keep the place up. Uh, she says, it's my turn, and God bless her. We had a great time. We met some wonderful people people I'm still in touch with, and um, it's been a, a great experience for a guy who didn't have the ability to play college baseball or pro baseball, and um, uh, some, some of the coaches I still keep in touch with, some have passed, some of the wives have passed, but uh, it was, it's a fraternity, yeah, it sure and, is. and it started back when I was probably about nine or ten years old, and that's... Uh, that's a long ways back, and it's been in my soul ever since. Oh. But Bruce, when were you there? I was in there uh, 10 years before Fred, 1958 to 1961. And I started my baseball career in Little League, I think about eight years old, and with the Kiwanis Club in, uh, in Quincy, Massachusetts. I, they had tryouts. It was just like a, a pro situation. <laughs> And it was great. And I, I played for a guy by the name of Eddie Heap. And his family ran Hancock Paint. And he was, a, 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 I think, a minor league, or he played a little bit with the Braves back, I think, when they, when they were actually in, in Boston. Okay. So that was, that was my start. I started mm -hmm. out as a pitcher at, at uh, Kiwanis, and I played most of my career in, in pitching. But when I wasn't pitching, I was playing some other position, usually – catcher. Oh. Now, Coach, you, when you were at the camp, did you, um, what level did you work at? With? Well, when I first got there for first, I think, four or five years, I worked uh, with the Division One kids, the older kids, the high school kids. And then uh, they moved me down to 
a um, like 13, 14, 15 year olds, and I enjoyed that. And um, <clears throat> but I got to meet and and be friends with some great coaches. One was Ted Connor, the University of New Hampshire coach. We're still friends. We talk to one another on the phone about try to talk to one another about once a month. Uh, and there was also Frank Warrington, who's a great friend, just passed away here a couple months ago. Um, ben Brooks, who lives in Michigan, um, he was good. Eddie Wakus, who was a former uh, major leaguer, and I believe, and you can look this up, he was voted the best first baseman in the Philadelphia Phillies history for the first hundred years of baseball. And... Um, and that's something and it never went to his head. And he used to um, do the Sunday New York Times Sunday crossword puzzle in ink. <laughs> no mistakes. No, no mistake. No, no, that's right. And, um, and I'll never forget this. They had an umpire's camp prior to the start of the regular season camp. And he showed um, how to play first base. Well, he cheated nine times, and the umpires never caught that. No kidding. Yeah, with footwork, fancy <laughs> footwork. <laughs> yeah, blocking out, I bet. Right. Yeah. yeah, blocking the runners back and all, yeah. Yep, yeah. and then the one thing that I really enjoyed about Eddie, he said, uh, tonight, let you and I sit together and let the kids play. At the end of the game, we'll go over what each team did wrong. You know, I think that that's, that's very intuitive of him because – I have found myself doing a lot. You know, you start talking to them and they, they don't want to hear it, especially no. 13, 14 and up, you know. But if you watch them and you say, okay, maybe we could have turned that double play his why You weren't there in time, da-da-da. You weren't yep. positioned correct. Now they'll listen a little bit because they've failed and they may be hoping to do a little better. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You learn a lot by experience. Yeah. You know, it goes in one ear and out the other. But if you're work on it. And I can remember working with the Red Sox when the Baltimore Orioles came to town. They would hit Brooks Robinson about 100 ground balls there in a day. Yeah. And they were there three days. That's 300 ground balls. Brooks Robinson's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bruce, what, what, uh, now what was your role with the camp? Did you, you attended as a camper? I went as a camper for the first two years. And then uh, Al Cassidy, he was a camp director. He said, how would you like to be come as a counselor? Um, and I said, well, what do they do? He said, just, you're not a coach. You're a monitor helping kids if they got a problem or if they need directions on how to get from A to B or whatever. And if you can help them out along the way with some some ideas you have about playing baseball, then, then go for it. So that was my... Uh, that, those were my duties. Uh, we played baseball 90% of the time I was down there, but they had other activities that you could uh, partake of. I think they had four baseball fields, if I'm not. Right. Is it four, Fred? Well, it was then. Yeah. 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 But they, um, they were all well-kept, and, and uh, we were coached by uh, four or five college players, mostly from the Midwest. And we had the camp director of baseball, which is uh, Dale Patterson. He was from uh, California. And um, we, we just uh, we played baseball 90% of the time. It was great. We played 
along the way we played in the Cape Cod League, which is not what it is today because it certainly wasn't a, uh, a, a uh, what is it, a pro, pro, yeah. semi-pro yeah. now. Kind of like a pro trial. Yeah, yeah pro trials. <laughs> yeah, and we played uh, Kutuit and Falmouth and uh, went around the whole Cape uh, on a, a Ted Williams camp bus, and it was quite an experience. Now, um, one of the things I wanted to throw out to you guys, because I want on the on the drive down here, I'm saying, geez, you know, I have my most memorable times at the Ted Williams camp. You know, if, if someone just come up to me and said, you know, what what's the most mem- memorable time at the Ted Williams camp? I could just spit them out, and I was wondering what those were for you guys, Coach. Does anything come to mind when I say that to you? Yes, the most memorable time I remember at the camp was driving in there the first day. I was dressed in a suit and a tie. I walk in the front office, and here's Ted Williams, Eddie Wakus, John Martha, and the Cassidy brothers. Uh-huh. And and I was sort of out of dress. But uh, the next day, I was on the field with my team, and all of a sudden, who walks Coming up to me was Ted Williams, and he had his stuck out his hand, and he says, "Fred," he says, "I'm Ted Williams," and I was I didn't want to say I know who you are. <laughs> I said, <laughs> so, so anyway, we shook hands, and he says, "Let the kids warm up. We're going over, sit down on the bench," and he says, "Oh, I want to ask you some questions." Well, at the same time, uh, they were having a basketball clinic. And Jerry Lucas, I don't know if any of you remember Jerry Lucas. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, he, he was there and he was doing his jogging. So Ted says, Lucas, get over here. So Lucas comes over and sits down. Ted shakes hands with him. And the first question he asked Jerry Lucas was, how much money are you making? Oh yeah, yeah. Ted was not afraid to express his opinion. <laughs> I didn't know all kinds of stories, but that's for when we're off mic. <laughs> what a riot! <laughs> yeah. What a riot! So, so anyway, um, and then there was another funny experience I had, and we did. I learned a lot just by talking to Ted. What he went through as a player, what he went through as an individual, and you know. <laughs> and I can remember one time John Henry and, and uh, uh, Claudia were at the camp with the boy, with their mother Dolores. And anyway, um, they're walking down. Ted's got his arm around John Henry, and he says, "You know what's wrong with you, John Henry?" And John Henry says, "What, Dad?" He says, "You spend too much time with your mother." <laughs> And I, as I told Mrs. Brown and I didn't laugh then, but we certainly did when we got out of his airship, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, going back to, did you, uh, to you, Bruce, did you get any tips when you were there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed tips on hitting. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean tips from parents or anything. Oh, no. 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 Well, I had a boy... <laughs> I was talking again, talking to my team, and here comes a kid down. He says, Coach Brown? I said, yes. He says, you know who I am? I looked at him, and I said, I'm sorry, son, I don't. He gave me his name, and he says, I was who's who in Sports Illustrated. And I thought, oh, my God. 
what are we going to hear now? So he told us how he struck out X amount of players. And uh, <clears throat> so after he was on my team for three weeks, so at the end of the third week, his father comes up, shakes my hand, and then inside his hand was a $20 bill. He said, I would give you the other 80, coach. He said, but his dorm counselor needs it worse than you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that job you were talking about yeah. at night, you know, yeah. the kids. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's I got all kinds of stories that, that uh, brings back great memories. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you know one of the things, and I wanted to throw this out to you guys, and it never gets talked about. Um, and we should probably get back at some point to that Eddie Wakeus story, yes. which is a fantastic story between you, myself, and Ted. Right. Um, but um, I always was very impressed and certainly have carried that over into my programming with the military mentality. Remember, there was a quartermaster and it was it was, you know, that you could tell that part of the program was set up by a Marine. I always felt like you'd be here on time and that it had that, you know, that mentality of, you know, don't be late and move. And, uh, you know, and uh, uh, did you guys feel that as well? Discipline. I, I did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It started at the flight pole every morning. Yes. With morning announcements and then they played the national anthem. And there was a kid and he played on my team named John Downs. As soon as the national Anthem was over. He'd yell, "Play ball!" <laughs> Every morning, you always got a round of applause, you know. <laughs> but uh, and I remember some great. Uh, another great story was always an officer of the day, and I worked uh, one night with a, a man by the name of Percy Brakes, who was probably ninety-two, ninety-five, somewhere in there. Hard, hard of hearing. So anyway, we we did the cabins, and we come back to. <laughs> you could hear the ball game out on the runway or the walkway from the dining room all the way back to what we call the human jungle. That was a that was the dorm for the kids, eight to twelve, and uh, the, you could hear the ball game going back from from that dorm to to their cabin. So we get back to the cabin, and. Uh, he says, Percy, turn up the game. So I can hear, you could hear it all over camp. <laughs> it was just, just hysterical, you know, and, and uh, but great stories like that. And um, Eddie Wakeus had some great stories. And, uh, as you know, Steve, uh, the author of The Natural, which is a book, uh, talked to you and he talked to me, thanks to you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And uh, he, the author called the house, called my number, and uh, and my wife says, who is it, Fred? And I says, it's the man writing the Eddie Wakeus story called The Natural. And she says, you be sure and tell him that he was a great man and a great person, well respected by everyone. You know, I, I was always very proud of that because what had happened was um, this this gentleman had called me up and said, "Hey, you know, um, my name. What what was it? The what was the guy's name? Coach? I don't remember right now. The author. I don't either, but I yeah. got the book right yeah. over here. Yeah. Nice nice guy. And he yeah. called me up and he said, "Hey, you know, would you be willing to talk to me about the Ted Williams camp? I'm writing a a book about Eddie Wakeus, and I've called down to the Williamses, and they 
they will not let me talk to Ted. And I said, whoa, I said, well, okay, two things. First of all, you don't want to talk to me. I'll, sure, I'll talk to you about the camp, but you want to talk to my college baseball coach who was there for years. And second of all, I will call the Florida and I will try to get you to talk to Ted. And that's exactly what I did. And, I, you know, when I talked to the secretaries, you know, they weren't really aware so much of the history. And you know as well as I do, Coach, that um, Ted would have been heartbroken not to contribute to Eddie's right. story. Yes. And I was able to intercede, and I was always very happy about that, that, that they, you know, kind of then opened their arms to the situation. And I know you had great content. Well, that's a nice book. Yeah. Thank you. Book. A lot of people don't know that story. You know, they right. see the movie. Yes. But, they, you know, that, I thought he did a great job of it. And um, I was blessed to, be, my wife and I were blessed to be able to go to his funeral out in Cambridge. And uh, there were a lot of kids there from the camp and uh, a number of coaches also. And uh, it impressed his uh, wife and son and daughter. And um, in fact, Eddie turned down a scholarship to Harvard, I believe, to play baseball. Wow. And... Um, he played uh, in the Pacific Coast. I saw him play in the Pacific Coast League. I was a kid growing up on, on um, outside of Seattle, and all we had was the Seattle Rainiers. And to us at that time was major league because that's, they were either on their way up or on their way down. And um, it, was a, it was a great experience to talk to him about playing in the Coast League because uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but he used to hang out at some of the places I did after I was 21. <laughs> oh, you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, it was a pleasure for me, and and uh, and my wife really enjoyed him. He'd take time to talk to her, and, um, and every every wife there had the greatest respect for Eddie Wakus. Yeah, I heard he was a class act. Yeah. I mean, obviously never met him, but right. I really heard he was. Uh, a gentleman and yeah. every, everything you'd want to represent a professional right. baseball player and um you know uh, someone to look up to right and i think that's a very important uh, uh, facet of coaching and camps right. and, and education in yep. general um yep. bruce, bruce you did uh, uh so you were what we when i was there you were what we call a yellow shirt and I got to bring him up because he is—he's one of my um, my favorite director of the camp was a gentleman named Earl Matheson. I just thought he was fantastic, and I never forget when he when I come down to be interviewed to be or not interviewed but employed by the camp. Coach had got me my job there, or, or you know set me up for it, and they hired me. And uh, I remember walking the facility with with Coach Matheson and. Um, there was this one boy, he was a catcher from down the Cape. I can't remember his name. He was a real good player. Um, I can't, uh, I can see him, but I can't think of his name. And he comes a running, you know, because uh, Coach Matheson wanted him to do something. And, and after he left, Coach Matheson spitting sunflower seeds. I can see it like it was yesterday. And he said to me, Steve, that's the toughest job in the camp. The yellow shirts have the toughest job in the camp. They, they play and they work all day long. Right. That's what they do. And uh, so were you a yellow shirt 
Bruce. I remember that, having a different color shirt than yeah. most of them, but I, I, I don't recall what color it was. <laughs> but maybe maybe that's for a reason. But anyway, yeah, I um, I can remember a few things that happened when we were playing in the Cape League. We'd play like at night, six, seven o'clock at night. Take the bus and go down and one of my uh, my uh, compatriots, my my teammates, and I, we would take uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something to eat on the bus on the way down and. We got a hold of these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and we ate quite a few. And um, the coach, one of the college kids, found out, not happy. He said, you're all teammates, and you should have not eaten all those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So the next morning, we were up at 6 o'clock running around one of the fields to, to pay the penalty. <laughs> the other thing, uh, a couple of three things that really stand out, for me down there was uh, we were having a scrimmage one day uh, with the different players and so forth, and and Ted showed up, and um, I was pitching, and he said, uh, I want to I get in against this kid. So I'm on the mound. Really? Yep. And I, I pitched to Ted Williams. Nope. And, yeah. That was the biggest highlight of my career. <laughs> and now uh, one of the, one, I kicked myself for for this situation, but one of the pitches I threw uh, for him, I turned around and all my teammates are 400 yards away for catch Ted's fly ball. And uh, I pitched, made a pitch and he swung at it and missed it. And he starts laughing and he pointed out to me and he just laughed. And one of the things that really bothered me was I didn't ask him if he did that on purpose. And I, I should have. I said, I felt like <laughs> that's I a good should, one. I should yeah. have done that. But there were two sad incidents down there. Uh, we were down there with a bunch of other counselors early, and they, we had the pitcher machine going. And um, one of the guys got in front of the pitcher machine to retrieve a ball, and it came around and clocked him right on the side of the head, and immediately went into shock. Oh. But th those were the pit days when the, they had car springs, you know, they were an inch right. in, inch in diameter, and it, and it just clocked him. And he ended up on the ground, and he was bleeding. So he started running around because he didn't shock. So I jumped on top of him, and uh, we got some wet towels and so forth, and we finally got some, some people from the office to come over and, uh, and take care of things. The other thing is, was we had a, a pitcher there, and his name was Bill Knapp. He had a college scholarship to Michigan State, and he had a knuckleball that wouldn't quit. Huh. And uh, we were off. Some of us were away from the camp or doing something. We came back and found out that he jumped in. They had a beautiful lake there and docks and so forth. And he jumped in the water and broke his neck and, yeah. and it ended up. I don't think he had, had any pitching career after that. At the camp? At the camp. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you know it's it's funny you don't you don't hear those sorts of stories, but you know um, a lot of places have those stories where you have so many kids uh, over so many years yeah. and things are going to happen. I knock on wood, I've been very fortunate in that. I've never really had any any problems. But boy, when that when that lightning gets you know going, I I, I feel it. I get nervous. Yeah, you know, right. you have kids there, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny that we, uh, I, this just came to my mind. I'll never forget, it was one of the older coaches that 
there was thunder and lightning, you know, because I happened to mention that. And I, I remember being at Ted Williams camp and it's thunder and lightning. And um, it was like maybe you know, eight o'clock at night or whatever. And I was walking with a coach, kind of like you were talking about, Coach. You know, I used kind right. of walk with a guy, maybe doing the rounds a right. little bit. And I was doing that with another guy. And we'd come into a, a cabin, and there was another coach there. And he said, you got, and he's talking to the little kids. A couple of little kids are all upset because it's booming out, you know. And he goes, you guys just calm down. It's just Ted taking batting practice in the cage. And that's what, that's what that's he great. told the kids. Ted was hitting in the cage. Boom. I love that. I thought that was one of the funniest things I had ever heard. That calmed him down, did it? Well, you know, they sure. start thinking about that. Yeah, like, really? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it was one of the older guys, you know. But, um, you know, one of the things that I also remember about Ted was the uh, our first day, uh, we were breakfast time, we were standing out in the, and it was drizzling. Ted drives up in his car, parks it, you know, in front of the office, gets out, walks over at the back of the line and stayed there yeah. instead of walking in the door and sitting down. And, yeah. uh, that, from that day on, I had all the respect in the world for him. Sure. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of great stories, and before this program is over, there'll be some more. But I would like to say, uh, Steve, if this podcast goes all over the country, I would like to say hi to my Renton High School teammates that I played with back in the 50s. And um, and my coach, I don't know if he's still alive or not, uh, was Bill O'Brien. He never yelled or swore. Or, um, <laughs> he'd always put your, his arm around you. And that meant one of two things. That meant he was going to explain to it why you messed up. And the other thing is, you're going to sit down the rest of the game. And I was lucky enough to start every game from my sophomore year to my senior year. And um, <laughs> I could never figure out why I was taken out every game. I'd, I'd get three, four, five innings in. But this... Uh, you had to play seven innings in order to get a letter at Renton High School in any sport. Well, football was different, and basketball was different. But baseball, you had to have seven innings. And what he was doing, he wasn't punishing any of us for being for something we did. He took us out to put somebody else in so they could get innings in. And I, and I never liked that idea until I started coaching, and I understood why that happened. Yeah, you. You know, it's funny you say that because I've always had a philosophy where I don't think you should be able to take a player on a team unless you're going to play him. Right. If I was running the MIAA, my suggestion would be you're going to take this kid. You have to play him every right. game. He's got, to, he's got to do something. And, right. you know, I can understand this guy pitched seven innings, so he's got to rest up. That That's something different. There would be safety rules. But if you're going to take a, and that's any sport, you're going to put someone on a team. They got to play, right? And I and I and because that really is going to bring out the boys going to have to get better, and the coaching is going to have to get better. You're going to force that issue, yep. you know. Um, and I think that's really important. And and I I think that it's it, it it's almost you, you can be a recruiter, you can get all the best players, and then have some backups, and and those backups don't get in the game. Right. And I always thought you were very fair about that, coach. You know, playing for you in college, that you know I remember. 
Marcus Pelletier saying, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to get my chance. I say, you hang in there. You'll get your chance. You hang in. I was the captain, uh, one of the captains at the time. And sure enough, he got his chance yeah. because you, you always had your eyes open. And right. Some guys, they just bury guys yeah. on the bench. I don't believe in that at all. Uh, speaking no, of Mark Pelletier, he and Neil Greenwald, now they were not first stringers at Bridgewater State. They are now in the Massachusetts High School Coaches Hall of Fame. Yeah, great guys, yeah. great guys. That's a good situation, Steve, that you brought up. You know, in the Little League World Series, every kid plays. Yeah. You know, every kid has to play. I, I don't know what the schedule is or the time limit, but every every kid that's on that team has to get an inning yeah. in or, or a, a, a playing time. But and, Ted Williams League rule, lock continuous lineup. You cannot sit out more than an inning in a row. So, like, it's very common, say, at 12 years old. So, Bruce is playing first. Steve's playing first. And with platoon in every inning, Bruce is batting fifth. Steve's batting sixth. So, Steve pops out to end game three. And, you know, Charlie's leading off in the seventh slot in game four. Lock continuous lineup so you keep everything fast. Right. In the playoffs, you can alter a little bit because it's a different level. Yeah. But fairness, and I think fairness is, you know, something right. that, you know, when it starts to be all about winning, I'm not sure the sport gets its fair due anymore. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like a little Johnny can sit so the coach can win. How about if you make little Johnny, how about if you and little Johnny make little Johnny better? That's my feeling. That's right. hard work. How yeah. to do? Yeah. I, I remember uh, Mrs. Brown. I was it was an all <laughs> star game you were having at your camp, and I was at night, and uh, so we were waiting for. You know, we got there early, so all of a sudden there's a knock on the car window, and it's his father. It's, he says, "I want to talk to your coach." So he said, "You hop in the back." So he told me who he was. He says, you're not batting my son fourth enough. He says, you should be batting him fourth. Huh. And I, I said, well, there's a league rule here that whoever makes the last out, the next batter will lead off the next inning. So everybody gets to rotate and gets, gets a chance to bat different order. Well, I don't like that rule. I said, that's the way it goes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and there was another story. It was the end of your camp, the last day, and one of the kids getting in his father's car was crying. And I said, "What's the matter?" And he said, "I got to go home now, and do my brother's chores while he comes to camp." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I said, who did his? Who did your chores while you were at camp?" He says, "He did." And I said, "Well, isn't that fair?" He said. Not according to me, it isn't. <laughs> you hear all kinds of great stories. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, you know, a, a kid's logic. Have you guys ever heard, speaking of that, I was just talking to somebody about this a little while ago. Have you guys ever heard the Kenny Rogers song where he's talking about being a pitcher and he throws the ball up? I, I, I He throws the ball up and he swings the bat at the ball. You ever heard this song? No. Oh, it, it is a fan. I'm not going to. Spoil it for you, but I'll have to send that down to you guys because it's just it's a it's a great um song written about a boy's imagination. Oh yeah, and, you know to give you yeah I'll kind of tell you because we're doing it here and I don't want you know because people are listening and they're going to be like I know that song. So basically the boy throws the ball up 
and he's swinging at the ball, and he's, he's you know, he's uh, the best hitter there ever there's ever going to be. Right. I almost can picture Ted doing it. He's throwing the ball up, and he's swinging the bat. So the song goes along, goes along. He's missing every ball, missing every ball. <laughs> and he keeps talking about how he's going to be the best hitter there ever was or whatever. In the end of the song, he goes, I didn't realize I'm the best pitcher there ever was. <laughs> you know, that's how he ends the song. Yep. What a great song. Yep. And that's kind of what you see <laughs> right. when you when you hang out with kids, you, yep. know, you know, like we have, you know. I had a, a boy on my team. He's from New York. His name was Paul Corman, big, big tall boy. And um, he was waiting for his turn at bat, and he was leaning on the bat, sitting on the sitting on the bat. And Ted walked onto the field, and he said, "Carmen, he says you're going to be a great hitter, swinging the bat from where you're sitting on it." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. Everybody just roared. Of course, Ted, you could hear him, you know. And another Ted story: uh, Al Cassidy, who's lived right on camp there, uh, at the entrance to the camp, had a staff party. So my wife and I went and we were sitting on the couch and Ted and his wife came in and Ted sat down next to Mrs. Brown. And so at the end of the whole, at the end of the night, I said, how'd you like sitting next to Ted Williams? She says, I'll tell you when my ears quit ringing. <laughs> <laughs> he was loved. Yeah. Oh, you was. could hear him. Yeah. You could hear him all over the place. Yeah. No question about that. Another story. <laughs> uh, it was a rainy day. Ted brought all the kids in and showed his movies, The Science of Hitting. And um, he said, okay, I'm going to, you know, open it up to questions and answers. So this little kid raises his hand. He's probably nine or ten years old. And he said, Mr. Williams, he said, in your camp booklet, uh, you said you could swing the bat at least swing the bat at least a hundred times a day. He said, "Can you swing it more than that?" And kids started to laugh. And Ted says, "I don't know what you kids are laughing at. That's the best question we've had." And he says, "Son, he says, that was a great question. I'm going to tell you this: How good do you want to be?" Never forget that statement. Yeah. You know, you bring up the weather. I was thinking about this when, when Fred invited me to join this podcast. And, you know, I can't remember many rainy days down there. Out of the four years that I was down there, and two of the years I was there for the whole summer because I was counselor, I, I, I remember a couple maybe, but it was seemed to be always great baseball weather. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. I know, I know the, some of the staff that I work with, they're all college guys. And we when Tommy O'Connell was the yeah. director. One of the guys used to say he's made a deal with the devil. It just never rained. It'd be 85, <laughs> yeah. 90, yeah. 92. Yeah. And there's the oak, you know, and it just never rained. And we'd be like, you know, the forecast would be raining. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> it's almost like Tom O'Connell went out there and said, don't rain. Yeah. These kids need <laughs> yeah. to play baseball yeah. today. Yeah, we, uh, I know what you mean about that. <laughs> we played Grand Ice at Ted Williams Camp. And um, we didn't beat them, but we tied them. And we lost three to two in one-run game. Well, you knew after that game, those two games, that they were going to practice afterwards. And um, so anyway, I went over and shook Tommy's hand and 
um, told a nice game and we enjoyed it. And um, I knew a couple of these kids on, on his team. And um, I said, you guys, we're going to go. The kids have got to go home and study. Or at least go home <laughs> anyway. And um, uh, you guys are going to practice. You enjoy your afternoon. So I know right after that that it was more drills. And, but that's how you get better. So. Yeah. I've got a note here that I, uh, when I was pitching, uh, we were down the Cape playing some team. And we had a great uh, catcher named Dick Toomey. He played for DePaul University, I think out in Michigan. And he was catching. And I forget the circumstances, but he called for a, a brushback pitch. And um, they acknowledged that and everything. And I threw the pitch and hit this kid right in the crotch. <laughs> and he, he started laughing. He was on his way out to talk to me to calm me down because I was upset because I hit the kid right in the, right in the crotch. He said, don't worry about it. It's okay. All right. Because we called for a bunt maybe or something on his team, and, and he wanted me to negate that. Yeah, yeah. So he hit this kid, and um, just a, a bad circumstance. Yeah. He, he was okay. He was okay. He didn't had no hard feelings, but he, he was down for a while. You know, it, it's funny you say that because that coach was nice enough to submit my name to the Brockton Invitational, which is a, a fantastic tournament years ago. Um, you know, they get like the best players in a hundred mile radius and we'd all go at it over at the, uh, Brockton and all the scouts would come and it was really quite a thing and I was really excited about participating in that but one of the things I remember is being on deck and a pitcher through I can't remember I think he was from maybe Providence or whatever and he, he drilled the kid ahead of me and he comes walking forward and he goes, I'm sorry. And one of the couch, scouts yells from behind the back. Don't you apologize to him. He screamed out. Don't tell him you're sorry. And I was like, part of the game. Yeah. And I never forgot that. I was like, oh, these guys are in business. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So a different yeah. That was that was That was a first. I had never seen that before. No. I don't apologize to him. I'd love to know what scout it was. So yeah. don't worry about that crotch. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't after a while. So what? So what else comes to mind? You know, or, or who, or anything else? You know that you can think of. You know, I know Joe Larusso is probably listening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I have hope, to give I him hope, a give him a ring. And I hope you're about. listening, Joe. Yeah, yeah, and I hope you have another uh, Ted Camp, Ted Williams Camp reunion. You know, he always did a good job with those. Oh, he does a great job yeah. of that, doesn't he? He's, he's yeah. relentless. He's yeah. a relentless uh, ball player, and uh, and he does a fantastic job. I mean, all the the Jimmy Fun work. I mean, you yeah. know, all those um, auctions and all. You know. Yep, uh, Joe. I was just uh, uh, this directed to you. I hope you've been to Cooperstown, but uh, there have been some T-shirts that I thought were quite funny and appropriate, but. Um, one of them says, uh, Cooperstown's a drinking town, but they have a baseball problem. <laughs> and the other one was, my my values are God, family, and baseball, and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> so those are the three. <laughs> uh, is, there, is there anything else that comes to mind that, you know, that uh, about the camp that you guys would like to? To talk about, 
Um, oh, I was going to ask uh, Bruce, what uh, you know, when a kid got hit with a ball out the pitching machine with yeah. the, what they call the one arm bandit. Yeah. 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 Lester Warburton, did you know Lester? No. He was part owner of the camp. Yeah. No. <laughs> they would always say, will Lester Warburton please report to the batting cage? Because <laughs> oh. a belt, they have to fix a belt on it. Oh, yeah. No, that was a. Uh, that was a very, uh, you know, sad day. Kid was uh, Dave Stewart from uh, Seneca, New York. Oh yeah, good kid. Everybody down there that I played, there was not no, it wasn't a camp atmosphere. No, there was no screwing around. You know, we were down there to play ball and learn how to play ball, and and we had these great college kids. And Ted showed up, I don't know, four or five times when I was there, and everybody would just like moonstruck just listening yeah. to what he had to say about hitting and yeah. sportsmanship yep. and stuff like that but um i brought this glove look at that this 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 was uh, my high school glove and my dad he taught me in the backyard on the on the driveway pretty much what he knew about pitching he wasn't a sports person but he gave me some great tips about breathing and, and taking my time and doing stuff like that and W. H. Bryan, I was I asked Fred, was it W. H. Bryan, the sports uh, uh, spore in Boston? Wasn't it W. H. You probably don't. But anyway, they, these gloves were on sale, and he took my buddy Russ Sweeney and me, and he took us in there, and he bought us both a glove, and I've kept this. I love it. Well oiled and 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 in good shape. Doesn't well, look great. like it was used a lot, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like you kept you kept good care of it. I uh, did. I just wanted to share right that. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, it's. I mean, a, a glove is. Yeah, I remember you guys can identify with this. So I remember being a kid, and I get my glove and I start working it in and put it. I smell it. You know, put it on my. You know, just hitting it and smelling the leather and yeah. it, that. That boyhood memory will just never go yeah. away, you know. Yeah. And uh, and there, there it is, right there. Yeah. You know, it's true. It's true. Um, what else? Any, any anything else come to mind? Anything that you know that? Uh, what about the waterfront? You guys ever get make it to the waterfront at all? I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't get there too often. There was some nice scenery there. <laughs> okay, that was it. <laughs> you mean down by the lake? Yeah, yeah there was, oh, that was like beautiful a whole lake. world down there. I never got there. Yeah, yeah I, that was always all between the lines. I never, yeah. I, maybe a couple of times I got down there. But, um, you know, I'm trying to think of other things that were there that, uh, you know, I, I somebody was bringing up, uh, I saw it on Facebook. This boy was talking about the Cooks playing against. The staff, the cook staff, playing against the the uh, coaching staff, and I played in one of those games, yeah. and I saw that, and I said, "Oh, that's really interesting." I remember doing that, and he was—I can't remember where the boys were from. I think maybe they were Tewksbury. There was a bunch of kids from Tewksbury that worked in the kitchen, right. the kitchen staff, right. and they would play. They were basketball guys, right. and they would play against the the, uh, the some of the camp yeah. staff, you know. But, uh, I, you know, just things like that you forget about right. that were there, you know. And uh, uh, that's just one that comes to my mind. 
I can remember uh, riding horses down there. No kidding. Yeah, I don't know whether they were on the campgrounds or we had to go somewhere else, but I rode horses at Ted Williams. Well, you know, you guys would know more about this than me um, because I didn't enter there until like 79 or 80. But what I wanted to say was I remember reading that when the camp started, it started, you mentioned Jerry Lucas. Right. It started as an all-sports camp, not a baseball camp. Right. And I remember that specifically. And do you guys, did you guys run into that at all? That's long before my time. Well, when I first got there in 68, they had an archery set up. So one of the activities was to go down and shoot a bow and arrow. I never went there either. <laughs> <laughs> But that was never one of my things as a kid either. Um, they had they had some. They might have ever had riding horses too. I don't I don't remember that. But um, they had other activities. The beach. Uh, they had swimming lessons. Yes. Yeah. Swimming lessons. Yeah. And I was trying to think of Ted Cecil. You remember yeah, Ted Cecil? Yeah. He was Eddie the White. Angle of the dangle. Yeah. That's what he used to say. Yeah. It's the angle of the dangle. Yeah, right. That was his like daily routine. Right. Funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's and, a funny um, guy. He was Eddie Wake as his roommate. Um and, and to be honest with you, that was not a good combination. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can leave that one right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a good influence. No. Either way. No, no. <laughs> Any of you uh, uh, people out there who attended Ted Williams Camp or coached at Ted Williams Camp, uh, give us a shout here at uh, podcast, or you can get a hold of me at uh, 579 Buck Island Road, West Yarmouth, Mass, 02673, uh, apartment 169. Or, excuse me, 167. So... Um, that's the, uh, I have some Bridgewater State memories, and um, and they're all good memories. I think we never won any pennants. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we had one boy, uh, Ron McCarthy, who made All American, All New England. Uh, we I, so I took a mental health day from Rockland, and went in to watch uh, uh, Ronnie play. And it was Division One against Division Two and Three, and he he did a great job. He got I think two for three, and then he he was taken out, and another another boy went in. That was but, at Fenway, wasn't it, Coach? It was at Fenway yeah, because yeah. I think I rode in with you and Scotty, I believe. Yeah. And um, anyway, uh, uh, I watched. I went into the clubhouse. He was in the uh, visitor's club, dressing in the visitor's clubhouse, and I went in before the game and wished him good luck. And then when he came out onto the field, he got to the top step of the dugout, and he must have stood there for five minutes just looking out at him. You know, well, I was happy for him. And now he's, uh, somebody told me he's a principal in, uh, in um, you know, somewhere down in Florida. And... Um, I remember stopping to see him at Bourne High School when he was a principal. And I walked into the office and said to the secretary, uh, is uh, Ron McCarthy in? 
And she says, may I, may I ask who's asking? And um, I said, yes, he's college baseball coach. And um, she said, well, he's in a crisis meeting now. And I said, is it one that he caused? <laughs> and he come out of his door, <laughs> come out of his door, and he says, I know that voice. <laughs> but I was happy for him, too, because he started out uh, as an assistant principal, um, and then he made it all the way up to principal, and I'm, he had the kind of attitude and the kind of work ethic to I wouldn't be a bit surprised he's in either a superintendent or something to do with the school system. And we did have we have some kids that have done very well, very well. Yourself, Steve, and uh, Neil Greenwald, and and uh, uh, Mark Pelletier. Um, a lot of kids that uh, have better degrees. They look back on their college experience on and off the field. And, I can remember that McCarthy was a co-captain, tri-captain, actually. And uh, I told him, I said, there's going to be a, a 10 o'clock curfew when we go on the road. And McCarthy says, and you'll be the only one in bed at 10 o'clock, coach. <laughs> I says, I know what it's like going away on a way, on a way trip, and you don't have to worry unless somebody knocks on my door like the manager of the apartment, the motel we're staying at, or the hotel. If that happens, uh, instead of taking the bus to where we're going, you'll be going home. So uh, anyway, talking never about, had that problem. Talking about bus trips. We took a bus trip, the whole camp, from uh, Lakeville up to Fenway. Mm -hmm. Ted's last game. Oh, really? The game he hit the home run. No kidding. We went to that game. They took us all up there. No that was, kidding. That was a thrill. Yeah. Wow. That and, and pitching to him was uh, probably the biggest thrill I had in sports. Yeah. And I played football and, and hockey as well. But that that bus trip all the way from Lakeville to, to Fenway was just fantastic. So there were campers at that last game. Yeah. The whole camp went. No kidding. I did yeah. That I did not realize. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, it was great. Wow. It was great. Yeah, I was just watching footage on that not too long ago. Oh, really? It's really nice to know that the <coughs> camp was there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Something else. Cause, so he started the camp before retirement. Ted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought it was it. So well, the story I got, Steve, was the Cassidy's. Uh, Eddie, um, Eddie Green. Eddie L and L Cassidy. Yeah, Eddie, Al Cassidy, Bernie Cassidy, Lester Warburg, and uh, Eddie Pellegrini said he he knew Ted quite well. He could get Ted, and he did get Ted, and nothing ever happened to Eddie Pellegrini. So uh, anyway, that but it, I don't know any more than that. What year was that, Fred? Do you, do you know what year it was? When he started? Yeah. When uh, he started the camp. No, I don't. I, I don't know, but I think, I think it was in the uh, late fifties. I think, like fifty-eight, fifty-nine, somewhere in there. Well, I was one of the first few to get there then. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're in the initial years. Yeah. From what, from what I 
understand. Yeah, well, you must have known Ralph Ritchie. Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. He's from uh, Western Massachusetts. Clinton. 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 Clinton, yeah. Mass. Yep. yep. He, was, he started there as a camper, and he left there as a white shirt. He, he, didn't he work there every year of the camp's operation? He was in the camp every year of the camp's operation, I believe. Right. What was he? That sound right? Yes. Was yeah. he a teacher? That's how he got the summer yes. off? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, he also played, he pitched for Bridgewater State back in the early days. And um, I think he was second in the nation in the ERA. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Left-handed wow. pitcher. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. He was a good. Hey, who was the the older catcher? Now this an older catcher that was there for years, an Italian guy. And this is one one a story that hits me. I'll never forget. I I want to say his name was Al. That I, I I I'm not sure. Well, maybe he was an older an older catcher. I'm gonna say when he was working there, he was seventy plus, and he had his fingers were kind of bent from using what I call the no break mitt. I mean, he caught way back. Do you remember that name? His name had to be George Susie. No, 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 it, no, it wasn't him. Uh, oh boy, I know. I, I tell you, if, if Earl's hearing this podcast, he's saying his name right now because I remember Earl was really like he was a great guy, and I, I remember him. And I think I think he's passed away at this point, but I remember that uh, he come up to me and he said. Because you know how fired up I was about Ted's hitting and all, right. and of course I was working there as a batting instructor. And he come up to me, he said, "The big guy's here." And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Williams." Now I'll never forget that day. I was like, "Oh wow, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet this guy that I've been reading about all these. You know, you guys know that feeling." Right. And uh, and the, it, it was this 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 old umpire slash catcher that worked at the Ted Williams camp, and um. I feel bad that I can't remember his name. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And uh, Not and he, Percy Briggs. No, no. You said he's an Italian. Yeah, Italian. Italian yeah. Uh, yeah, old mm -hmm. Italian guy. Yeah, I can see him like it was yesterday. I feel terrible. I can't think was of his he, name. Was he a major league catcher? No, I don't think so, no. No. If he might have caught in the minor leagues, possibly. Yeah. You know, Um but I just thought I'd throw that out to you guys because I think he spent a lot of time there. I know I'm going to leave and you're going to think of it. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> you sure it's you not know? George Susie? No, no, it wasn't him. Oh, uh, by, the, by the way, you know who, um, who, who used to come to the camp was Joe Morgan when he was managing the Pateka Red Sox. He'd bring several of his players up and they put on a clinic. Well, George Susie, well, they had a, a catch of came up with him, and he was a young guy, and of course they had changed gloves and everything else, you know, so his fingers were not bent. And um, uh, so anyway, Susie, he asked, does anybody have any questions? So uh, George, George uh, Susie says, yeah, what about, what about, uh, <laughs> what about guys that uh, with crooked fingers? And he says, "Oh, that's for the old catchers." I thought Susie was going right after him. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
is there is there anything else that you guys would like to talk about? I think we're pretty much getting to the to the end of it here. Uh, this has been uh, fantastic, but I'm just throwing it out there, you know, because I, what I don't want to do is, you know, we, we shut it down. You guys, oh, I wish I mentioned this or I mentioned that, you know. And, yeah. Um, uh, I know that the, the, the place has meant a world to me, the Ted Williams camp. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we always talk about it when we get together, Coach. Yeah. Just the amount of people that have been influenced by our relationship, because right. my camp has now run for like five years longer than the Ted Williams camp. Right. So you, this just continued a legacy of that theory, uh, all because I just bugged you too much on those bus rides, <laughs> listening to me talk, and you finally said, "Cool, we get up here." Would you like to get, you know, I'm talking about Ted's theory in the back of the bus, and I'm like, you know what, guys, he's up front probably going like this. He finally pulls me up and says, would you like to see if I I can get you a job at Ted Williams Camp? I thought I was going to jump out the window. I was so excited. And there there we go, right yeah. from there. And really, I mean, the league, everything that's come from just yeah. that that van ride, you know. So, but um, is there anything else anybody can think of? I have a couple of. I got a question. This is Charlie. Um, since I was never there, how was the umpiring, Fred? Yeah. The umpiring during the camp. Well, a lot of the uh, uh, junior counselors were umpires, and they did a pretty good job. Of course, you always had the coaches, you know, get on the guys and so forth. <laughs> there was a there was an umpire there that uh, a professional umpire. Um, that uh, his name was uh, Bill Stewart, and um, anyway, he made a call, and uh, uh, it was atrocious. And um, the coach, who I will not name, yeah. said something to him, and um, and the umpire said, "Have you ever played in the big leagues, coach? Have you ever been in the big leagues?" Well, I shut the coach up. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, there's some funny ones on the Red Sox. There was a player uh, who was about I don't know 25th on the team, I guess, utility player named George Thomas, and he was a funny guy. He'd come under the tunnel and be talking to Danny uh, Osinski, who was a kind of a relief pitcher, and um, he. <laughs> He said, I had a, a reporter ask me the other day on a, on a, on a bus trip. She, I sat in, Dick Williams sat in the front seat, who was the manager at that time. He sat in the front seat, and I was sitting in the second seat, and this reporter sits down next to me, and he says, George, he says, what do you think of the pennant race? And Thomas is the best one I've ever watched. <laughs> And Williams turns around and he says, Thomas, he says, you're just as funny off the field as you are on it. The other one was, and I told Bruce this one, uh, Kansas City used to have a pitcher named Mo Drabowski. And um, he walked into the, under the tunnel and back, you know, the left field corner and went all the way in the back. And, the pitchers had to do their jogging and running and skipping and all that stuff. Well, on hot, humid days, they didn't want to do that. So anyway, the manager finally comes by and he says to me, he says, have you seen Mo Drabowski? I says, no, I haven't. 
And so he, I thought he'd turn around and leave, but he walked all the way <laughs> through the tunnel, come out with Mo Drabowski almost holding his hand. And he said, by the way, he called me son. He said, by the way, son, he says, you better get a new pair of glasses. <laughs> That's a good story. Some great stories. Um, you know, we, we talk about pride. And um, I'm happy for you, Steve. I'm happy for you, Charlie, because there's an old saying that S plus S equals S. You know what that stands for? No. Sweat and sacrifice equals success. Wow. I haven't heard that before. You guys have got that. good. Well, you know, um, I, I think that perseverance, which is really what you're saying, uh, is is something that I try to flavor all my programs with. You know, these kids, I say, yeah. you know, um, any of these guys that you see that are successful, you know, sure, they have talent. You know, you got to have some talent. There's no question about that. And that maybe will will give you a shot at what level you might be able to get at. But then it's perseverance that's going to, you know, bring you to the, the height of that level. Of, you know, like, like Ted said to that boy, how good do you want to be? Right. And that's, that's got perseverance written all yeah. over it. And, uh, and I think it's something that maybe in the, in the screen age, you know, I see kids come to camp, they get their heads down and their thumbs going. I say, look at, you know, you gotta leave that phone at home. That's not what we're doing here. Right. You know, we're going to, uh, do different things. We're going to show you how to break in that glove so you can have it when you're Bruce's age, you know, and you still care about it rather than, you know, you can uh, send a, you know, a text to a satellite, you know, and um, I, I think that, that that's something that's being lost in our society, that perseverance and that digging in and, and um, anyway, you know, we, at least at this table, it's moving forward. Right. I can tell you that. I, I know, uh, I know Dick Williams, um, is is gone now, but um, I always enjoyed him because part of my job at Fenway was to clean the top step of the dugout back to the clubhouse door. And, of course, in those days, there were wads of tobacco, pistachio shells, and everything else. But um, he always took time to talk to me. He'd be there either just finished putting up the lineup on the dugout wall and he, he, I don't think he knew my name. He called me Groundhog, but uh, that's what we—that's what we were, basically. And, uh, but at least he talked to you. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. George Thomas, another one. Danny Osinski. Um, they were all great guys. Some of the superstars—they didn't have much to say to you. Yeah. And oh, um, I'm trying to think of the bullpen catcher's name was Al something. And he read it, they did an article on me, um, it was in the Boston Globe, and um, he come up to me and he says, I hope you're not giving up your education to be a, a groundskeeper. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I well, fellas, um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, uh, Bruce and Coach Brown and Charlie, thank you for wiring all this. If you could see, yeah. we're, we're down here at the, the Mayflower, Mayflower Place in West Yarmouth, and we're in uh, Coach Brown's kitchen, and we've got wires everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But it's been a, uh, I think it's been a, a great time, and uh, I'd like to thank you guys for 
for having us and uh, for doing this podcast and thank the Mayflower Place uh, um, for uh, inviting us here and letting us do it. So from West Yarmouth, I'm Steve Farley. Get a good pitch to hit. I call to spark up all my fun. Days at the playground or right out in the street. Baseball make life complete. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast of Ted Williams League Headquarters. Please visit our website, Ted Williams Baseball League, and email us for any comments or questions you'd like to address in this podcast. Hey, I'm Steve Forley from Hanson, Massachusetts. Get a good pitch to hit.